Hot 1027 Business with Nzinga. A very good evening and welcome to Hot Business. Thanks so much for being with us. My name is Nzinga Kunta. Pleasure and a privilege to be in your company tonight. And I'm so glad to be back in South Africa. I spent last week freezing in Europe. Uh, fantastic conversations in work at Davos. And I loved doing Hot Business there because we got so many different voices of people from around the world. And of course, our South African contingent that was there. But no place like home. Home has its own challenges, and tonight, in just a moment, I'll be speaking to Rashad Karim. He's a partner at law firm Weber Wenzel about the challenges with the mining industry that adds so much to South Africa's jobs and GDP, but is increasingly seeing fractures and frishes. On our property sector today, we'll be talking about investing in community schemes and education and trends in tech is also a topic that's going to be coming up on Hot Business, a fantastic sounding school, Centennial Schools, just talking about how they're using tech. I'm interested to find out as we move forward, there's some things that are good about old education methods. How are they seeing that and what trends are there? We'll end the show off with a look at what's moving the markets locally and internationally with Makwe Masilela. And in between, we'll also find out how to save money. We all want to do that, right? With Sakina Juli from King Price, just speaking to us with a focus on saving money, but when it comes to insurance. Thanks so much for being with us. Let's begin. Part 1027. Joburg's best old school and R&B. So the Minerals Council publishes a report each year about the state of the mining industry. We're going to look at their 2022 one because I don't think the 2023 one is out quite yet. But they say that South Africa's mineral production uh, achieved a record high of 1.18 trillion rand in 2022. That's up from 1.1 trillion rand in 2021. We also know that there was a commodities boom because of geopolitical um, factors that drove that and then they say that there were you know strong commodity prices and that really helped our economy our broader south african economy and um, the mining sector is said to have produced more than fifteen thousand jobs in 2022 and we know that it's such an important one i mean here in johannesburg the city of gold so many people came here to try and find their versions of gold so let's speak to rashad karim he's a partner at law firm weber wenzel Rashad, thanks so much for your time on Hot Business this evening. Just talking about the importance of the mining sector in South Africa to our economy. Thank you for having me and good evening to your listeners. Yes, um, I think it would be fair to say that mining is the lifeblood of South African economy. And it, it's, the, it's, it's pretty much the proponent that grew us from, you know, an outpost for ship stopping into the mining behemoth that it once was. And uh, it continues to be incredibly important to our economy. Um, but there are tensions and there are push and pull factors. And I think the, um, the latest economy, uh, sorry, the latest commodity boom that we've just had has been fantastic. Yeah. But like all good things, they do come to an end. And I think we're seeing um, that that um, boom has sort of started weaning yeah. a little. Yeah, and even when that boom came, Rashad, there were a lot of complaints because we missed out really on capitalizing on it because of the challenges that we had with Transnet, uh, the challenges that we had with our ports as well. So, so not quite. Talk to me about the challenges with the mining sector in South Africa as you see them today. Yes, I think we are very often uh, accused and rightly so of scoring on goals and um, we, we just never seem to be perpetually prepared for the next boom and we seem ever ready for the bust but the challenges are simply as you put it um transnet is a real is a real concern i think it needs one just to take a drive down past richards bay and you'll see literally 
kilometers and kilometers, tens and twelves and twenty kilometers of lines of trucks trying to get into the port. Um, load shedding has not helped at all. I think it's um, as we always anticipated. It's going to start seeing a decline in the beneficiation process that we can get in terms of uh, getting better returns for our for, for our products. Um, you know, beneficiation is you would have realized what Zimbabwe has just done in terms of exports. They would not allow you to export raw material. We are still doing that primarily because we can't put money into infrastructure to beneficiate and earn more revenue. Um, other than that, I think that's macroeconomically, um, you know, also political um, tensions within the country, the uncertainty um, and, and, and a whole host of, uh, you know, the unemployment rates and all of the economy stre stresses that we have on the macroeconomic level as well as the micro is starting to affect us. And mining is not immune from that. Um, the commodities are required but at you know at a price that makes sense mm -hmm. and so mining is a very old industry if we're talking about the hundreds of years uh, ago that people came to johannesburg to seek their fortune using it as a country we do not need to think beyond commodities in order to grow our economy i understand that fifteen thousand five hundred or more jobs is incredible especially in an economy like ours which is battling with that high unemployment, the figure varies, but we know it's at least 33% um, when it comes to older, older people, rather, and closer to 45 or 50% when it comes to younger people. How do we need to start thinking about the future of mining? I think it would go without saying, if you look at that number, and yes, the current employment is, is, is impressive and it's very great, you know, very welcome. But I think you can just see the decline in it um, as a tale of where we're going to be going. I think mining by its nature becomes is becoming incredibly sophisticated. Um, uh, labor unrest um, and actual just life conditions means that you're not going to necessarily find the human component in mines all the time. I think it's a move worldwide and South Africa is going to have to be there too that the stresses that will come from having um you know automation having having um moved broader than just human uh, labor is going to become an impact so for us it's always been around instead of just getting raw commodity out, what can we do as a country to take the secondary role, tertiary roles? You know, I mean, gold is a great example. We're an, we were, at some point, you know, the biggest exporter of gold. Why are we not the biggest exporter of gold jewelry? Um, we have a tremendous amount of um, many other metals and minerals. Um, some of it, of course, doesn't lend itself to beneficiation. I think coal is one of those. But um, we all are aware of what's happening in the world in terms of um, the, the, the move away from uh, fossil fuels. And so we find ourselves in a very precarious position. But I think um, the future of mining must be that we can add value and generate more value off of it. And that will then take off the, the stresses of, you know, pure miners in the mine underground versus people employed in industries which produce all types of things at a beneficial level that can actually be exported worldwide. Yeah, take me through the legislative aspects of uh, mining in South Africa. I know I don't know if they still use it at WITS, but when I was studying there, the Mineral Resources and Petroleum Development Act and uh, issues around rights around mining um, were some of the things that people would get tested on uh, yes. because that's also a very contentious space because while people are trying to be in the present, they're also trying to compensate for what happened in the past. Yes, look, I think, you know, miners are incredibly resilient. And I think what you're talking about is right. When it just came up, the NPRDA and the minimum requirements for empowerment were 
created quite a bit of fuss and I think uh, rightly so in certain instances and perhaps misplaced in others. I think the, 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 the instinctive reaction is that, well, what does this mean? Are we giving away our businesses? But I think mining companies have understood that there is a need to re to redress the wrongs of the past, to have uh, ownership stakes, to to benefit the communities where they're actually taking the resources out, and quite um, easily they've they've accommodated that. I think what doesn't help is there's there's always this level of uncertainty. I think the bureaucracy that comes with um, with any sort of um, operation, like in the mining industry, um, and and then the massive amounts of reporting. And to be frank, sometimes, you know, the lack of cooperation from government instances does tend to create tensions. Um, but um, I think it's navigated itself much better than before. There are obviously different ministers that come in and there are different uh, you know, regulatory regimes and different changes that want to be put in place. But I think the industry is strong enough to push back sometimes, sometimes accommodate. You know, we see this very often. We have many a time a very anxious call. And when people, you know, sort of, understand you know that much like when you when you when you're mining you you come to a seam that runs to an end you find another and so i think mining companies have been very good at that have they done enough probably not have uh, from a from a governmental perspective but i think likewise you know it needs to to come to the table to make this work and there have been certain tensions that are created from mm -hmm. a legislative perspective which is obviously unfortunate but probably never going to be something that you can do away with. Okay, I was going to ask when are, when are they going to get resolved, but I think you've answered that question. Also, the issue of funding, which I didn't think about. I just assume that, yeah. you know, there's these big mining houses, they have lots yes. of money and they're able to operate. But you're saying there needs to be a look at funding, how it's working and the sources of funding in the mining industry. Tell me about that. Yeah, I think um, quite the contrary. <laughs> Mines don't have unlimited resources. You one would think that they have. I think um, you know, um, obviously, you, your mining starts off with investors that put money into an operation so that they can get them off the ground or they can provide that initial seed capital. But a mine is an incredibly hungry business for money. Um, you would just imagine labor costs, machinery costs, um, storage, rail, uh, electricity, you know, and now other sources of electricity, you know. And so there just isn't enough capital to go around. I think the other um, issue is that, you know, mines um, have unfortunately got this reputation of being, you know, not perfectly higher up on the ESG scale. You would have heard this word being thrown around. And, you know, investors are looking to put their money into industries which complies with ESG principles. But I, uh, you know, but, but at the same time, you know, um, it needs to weigh up that versus social aspects and so on and mines have not been the best at it uh, in terms of making you know the wider investor pool comfortable so there's a challenge the other challenge is of course if we just take an example closer to home south africa's got an incredible amount of coal resources but they can't go to a traditional bank to get money to boost coal operations because you know from the cop initiatives and um, the world is not great uh, you know not very happy to see us being using coal resources you would have seen from the latest cop 28 which happened you know um, uh, in dubai you know for mm -hmm. a country like saudi arabia saying you know you can't touch me with my oil because i need to produce oil even the big producers in the world are having this challenge so which means that if the banks are not providing funding or enough of it um where do you get it from? You need investor money, but investors are saying, I need a return. And you've always got this weighing up exercise of the need of money and how much is available and what returns you can pay. And so, you know, there's always that tension. And it's been that way ever since.
Okay, Rashad Karim, thank you so much for your time on Hot Business this evening. He's a partner at law firm Weber Wenzel, just talking to us about the state of the mining industry. Really appreciate your time tonight. It is my pleasure. Thank, thank you. you. When we come Bye. back, we're going yes. to be talking about how to save money when it comes to insurance. I know it feels like a grudge purchase, right? But um, apparently there are ways that you can make your money go a little bit longer. So I'll be speaking to Sakina and Dudi after a short break. Do stay with us on Hot Business here on Hot 1027. Hot 1027 Business with Enzinger.